Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. It's benefit season. We all know providing benefits is a cornerstone of employee retention. But many small businesses are priced out or completely disqualified from providing health coverage to their employees. Not any longer. Now, PCA members can get health coverage and they can even tailor options to meet their company's needs. To learn more about all the benefits PCA has to offer and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Today, we feature audio from the Elite Business Advice Podcast with Chris Moore. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and the host of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Uh, we're really excited to kick off season three here this year in 2023. Uh, we got a great episode planned out here today. Um, we got a lot of new things we're kind of going to bring into the show this season. We're going to bring in some new things with some mini series. Uh, we've got a couple of mini series planned out um, about how to build a culture with a business, um, all the what, the why, and the how of leadership, and some other things coming down the pipeline. Uh, so we're super excited to kick off the year uh, with episode one right here. Today, we've got a good friend of mine, Hoken Hansen. Hoken is uh, in charge of partnership development at Olive Holdings. Uh, if you aren't familiar with Olive, uh, they own and operate a handful of painting companies throughout the U.S. Uh, and so Hoken will explain a little bit more about what they do and how they do that. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy uh, our relationship with the guys at Olive and, and Hoken specifically because uh, there's kind of a lot of synergy that works back and forth between us and, and them. They kind of do things a little bit differently than what we do. Uh, and so we've had some good benefit kind of working back and forth with clients that might be a better fit for them, some that might be a better fit for us for the time being. Uh, so we really appreciate that. And really what's what's cool about it is we're kind of doing the same thing, right? Essentially what we're doing, what they're doing, and we'll explain more about that as we get into the episode, um, where really our goal is to help painting contractors reach the goal in their business, right? Um, and so we're going to kind of spend the episode today talking through a little bit about some of the challenges we see, some of the common things we see and, and roadblocks that business owners have to overcome as they grow and scale their businesses, uh, and just kind of shed some light as you guys are planning out for 2023, things you want to change and things you need to tweak in your business. We'll try to highlight maybe some pain points and some solutions that we see uh, can help alleviate those problems. Hoken, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Chris, hey, man. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Happy to do uh, this with you, bro. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. We've been talking about it for a little bit. I'm glad we were able to carve out some time and make this happen here before the holidays. Um, even though this won't come out till after January 1st, tr transparently, we're recording this a few days before Christmas. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and personally and, and also what you do at Olive. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I just recently had my fourth child. So Congrats. maybe it's the personal side. And, and I yeah. got a good, a good joke that got developed through that. So, uh, I'm, my birthday is November 25th. So my daughter was born on my birthday. That's awesome. And, uh, super cool. And so now I'm, and I, I, one of my other kids, uh, shares the same name as me. So it's just kind of the, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of dad that just like, yeah. I give, every, I give everything to my kids. Yes. Last name, first name, birthday. <laughs> birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, dad of four, four kiddos, 
uh, six, four, two and, and newborn. So a busy wow. household. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and then, um, you know, professionally part of, part of all of holdings, uh, you know, was, has, I've been with this group for, for a while. And Jason Paris, one of the, yeah. one of the other partners in Olive. Um, so started with Paris painting back in the day, but, nice. uh, yeah, good about me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so what exactly do you guys do there at Olive Holdings? I know you kind of help own and operate and, you know, a handful of painting companies and help them with a lot of things. Uh, but explain a little bit about exactly what you guys do. Yeah, man. So all of holdings does, yeah, like you said, does a, a couple of things. Um, so we're based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, we own a painting company based here, Paris painting. A lot of folks are familiar with Jason, uh, Jason Paris, the founder of that. Um, we also have a general contracting business, Haven builders here in Minneapolis and then Paperboy marketing, which is a, a marketing company. So that's kind of the home base. And then what we've started to do is uh, these joint ventures with other other painting companies. And so this is where we've partnered with other painting companies um, in different markets. So we have uh, six other uh, partners in, yeah, from Oregon, uh, Portland, Oregon, all the way to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, so we've kind of <laughs> spread, spread the gamut. Um, but where we... Yeah, partner up with those uh, those individuals. So they've you know built a business, uh, established a brand, um, and had scenarios where they were looking to kind of grow, stabilize beyond where they were. Um, we've been able to develop some pretty pretty meaningful and powerful systems to scale our businesses here at home, and uh, so it's kind of a win win scenario of of us syncing up, plugging in, and and helping uh, helping that process. So. Um, that's that's kind of the the overview of yeah. what we're what we're up to these days. That's awesome. That's awesome. So serial entrepreneurship, to say the least, right? So um, that's super cool. So tell us a little bit, kind of about your background and, and what led you to doing what you're doing now with with Jason and everybody else there at Olive. Yeah. So um, so I joined Jason back in 2017, and so Olive Holdings wasn't a thing at that point in time. Um, so Jason had brought on a partner. Uh, he was looking to scale and, and get things rolling. And um, so I came on as kind of a utility guy. I actually have a like finance and accounting background. So okay. uh, studied accounting in my undergrad, worked in corporate finance for, for uh, several years. That was kind of an end, a means to an end. I wanted to get into more of the entrepreneurial space, but I kind of came in as, you know, what needs to get done, I'll do it. And I would say that's kind of been the uh, trajectory thus far as we've started to do more things and all have developed and um, all right, let's do some general contracting. Let's do, you know, and then now with partnerships, I've kind of been the guy to try the new thing and, and kind yeah. of figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, and so what I'm doing now is on the partnership development side. So, you know, I'm really trying to connect with other other uh, owners of painting companies, share kind of what we've done in our track record, share how we do partnership and, and how we conceive of that and see if there's a win-win scenario where, you know, us and them could, could connect. And I think being along for the journey and kind of seeing all the different businesses and applications of kind of our culture, our ethos, and then our tools as well. Um, I've 
kind of can speak with some pretty good conviction on on what we're able to do and and how we've been able to do that. And so, kind of a natural fit to to bring that story to to other folks that might be interested. So that's awesome. Well, and I think it's cool too. And it's one thing you know we share a lot is you know. I love that we get to work with painting contractors all throughout the U.S. because we get to kind of benchmark and see what people are doing, see what works, um, see some different things, right? I, I was on a call this morning with uh, one of our clients in South Carolina. He was doing an end-of-the-year profit share, kind of figuring out how to divvy things up with his employees. And it was just really cool to see the way that he was breaking those numbers down and how he was doing it um, because we have other clients that are talking about wanting to do something similar to that in the coming years, right? And, and not that they have to do it the exact same way, uh, but just to kind of get some different ideas, right? And, and you know, a lot of painting contractors, I think you'll agree with this. Anybody listening to this that is a contractor will agree. They have a lot of the similar problems, right? Um, we get to see people that have different solutions in place to then bring those ideas to these other contractors, right? And so I think it's the same thing with you guys. You know, as you guys work with more and more people, you meet more and more people you get more and more ideas on how to solve people's problems, right? And it's kind of a great thing. I'm like, hey, instead of you having to go out and connect with 30 different painting contractors, I'm out there doing that every day anyways, right? Um, you know, so so it just, we're able to kind of speed up the process on the benchmarking and the collaboration side too, um, just as I know you guys are out there doing the same thing, which is pretty awesome. So um, I want to kind of focus the rest of this episode on kind of some of those similar problems that we see, the commonalities. Um, again, I, I we were I was on a call the other day with the PCA as part of their uh, business accelerator program, the cohort, um, and it was all about operations during that time. And literally, like, I think there's eight people on the call and all eight people had like the same three problems they were trying to figure out. Right. So it just really went to show like, okay, there's a lot of commonality here. Um, so what are, let's break down three of the most common things and we can kind of talk through each one piece by piece. What are three of the most common mistakes that you really see painting contractors make when it comes to running their business? Sure. Um, I think, so three come to mind and, and they may be, start a little bit more abstract and then work a little bit more tactical. So I think in talking to owners, accountability is, is, and I don't know, maybe it's a mistake or maybe it's just a missed opportunity, but lack of accountability in their life and in their business, I think is a big deal. And and the reality is in life, it's kind of interesting. The more responsibility we have, I think the easier it is to be less accountable. So you think of like, you get married, you, you know, um, you have kids, even as you become a boss, it's, it's easier and easier to not be held accountable. And obviously as an owner, it's like, nobody is going to, to a degree, hold you accountable. Payroll might hold you accountable. Yeah. 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 But, but, but then the IRS, the IRS is really good at that too, actually. So, right. Right. But at that point, it's too late. Right. Um, And so just recognizing that um, as an owner, you really have to create accountability for yourself. And maybe that's maybe that's, you know, mentors. Maybe that is being part of, you know, a group like the PCA or or like a mastermind or something like that. I think that's where coaching like what you provide can be really, really helpful. Um, or maybe bringing on a partner where you, you kind of have that, that mutual accountability, but just recognizing nobody, nobody's going to hold me accountable, but me, um, I have to, as an owner, especially it's super difficult to, that doesn't happen naturally. You have to create it. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I was going to say, I mean, I think that that's one of the biggest things, right? I mean, you know, we talk a lot, a lot of contractors come into the industry really good at what they do. They go start a business for themselves. Um, and I know that's not everybody and that's not a bad thing, right? That's just a natural way people come into the industry. They go from being an employee being told, Hey, you got to be here at eight o'clock at this job site. You know, you get a 50 or 30 minute lunch break and then you go home at four 30 it to all of a sudden they have all the freedom in the world, right? Which is really cool if you're disciplined and you have accountability, right? Um, and, and most of us don't, I mean, shoot, I've been essentially a, a, my own boss for lack of a better term, since I was 19 years old, when I started with student painters, there was no schedule. There was no, it was just, are you hitting your goals? And do you have a plan in place? Right. Um, it was up to me to make sure that I was out putting flyers on houses at eight o'clock on Saturday mornings, not hung over from Friday night still. Right. Um, I, I was about 95% on that one. We'll see, but you know, um, but I think you, you have to have that discipline. And I think, you know, at least for us, and I'm sure, you know, this goes the same for you guys, you know, you guys see potential in people. And I think for me, one of the hardest things in, in our role, and it's, I've, I've had to kind of emotionally disconnect from it a little bit, is I want it for them more than they want it for them, right? Or I know how bad they want it, but they literally just can't get their mindset and their discipline in a spot where they're going to go do what we're telling them to do. Um, and it, it can be frustrating for us. And, and a lot of times it's, you know, um, that's one area people are so focused on all the business aspects, which are important, but I think not taking into account those personal things that they need to get good at. Um, and there's so many books, there's so many resources out there that I could say to plug into about just being more disciplined and, and holding yourself accountable or having an accountability partner, um, is huge for people. Yeah, man. And I think that like <clears throat> in an ideal world, uh, you know, our motivation is, is always so consistent and our vision is so clear, yeah, and, yeah. but it's just not reality. The, the right, reality right. is you get sick, right? You get the flu or you write a number of things that just naturally could make it much harder to focus, much harder to be motivated, easier to choose a comfortable option and not, not call that client back. You know, I'll get them that estimate next week. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so having something that can be your motivation for you. Um, now the goal is that you ultimately, that, that you can maintain your own, but there's just going to be times where I like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think maybe a time where a coach wants your success more than you isn't, isn't even necessarily a bad thing. You know, if it's It's always that case, that could be bad, but having, having those backstops, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, um, I like what you just said with that. And I mean, I think, you know, one of the biggest kind of principles I've learned in this, and I haven't mastered this, it's, you know, again, I've been kind of my own boss for 13 years now, and I'm still trying to get better at this every day. But, you know, I think one thing that I learned a long time ago is when you let yourself slide on the small things, you'll eventually let yourself slide on the big things. Right. So maybe it's, uh, you know, a big project that you're working on, right? We're rebranding our, our whole academy right now. Maybe it's something on a huge scale that you're like putting off, or maybe it's, you know, that estimate, right? Oh, I told him I'd get it to him Friday. Well, I'll just, I'll send it over Monday morning. It's fine. Right. And, and that's just, that's obviously a much bigger deal, but a lot of times that stems from the, Hey, I'm going to get up at six 30 tomorrow morning. And then you snooze until seven 15, 
right? It's those little things that, you know, you let yourself slide on that all of a sudden you don't even take your own integrity seriously. Um, and so if you start to let yourself slide on those little things that are very insignificant at the end of the day, um, unless I guess you had to be somewhere at seven o'clock, that could be a problem. But when it's so insignificant during the day, it, it does translate into those bigger things. And people are like, man, I just can't get myself to do this. And I'm like, well, what are the things in your life that you're just letting yourself get by with? Right. So, um, we could do a whole episode just on that, but we'll, we'll move on. So what's, what's, what's pain point number two? Yeah, I think, I think it's related to, to number one, to a degree, but it's, it's having a clear plan and like a, a clear business plan that, that almost does not assume you in the business. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, you, you mentioned this, a lot of people get into the industry kind of unintentionally or, or where they are is not necessarily where they're planned. I'm a good example of that. You know, I I didn't think I would be here. And so many folks, it's like, well, I needed a job to make some cash. I started painting, found out I was actually pretty good at it. I kind of liked it. One thing led to the other. Right. And so because of that, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years can go by. And it's kind of like, I don't really know why I'm doing this thing. So, getting clear on like, what do you want? Like, what do you want this to be more of a lifestyle business that you just enjoy painting and you want to create a a job every day that you really love? That's great. Be clear on that and then build a plan that hits that. So, um, you know, okay, what type of clients do I really enjoy working with? All right. What's a business plan on how to get to those clients and how many of those clients do I need, et cetera, et cetera. Or is like, you know, I want to be passive in my business and um, I don't want to have to work if I don't want to, or I want to create cash flow that I can use into other investments or sorry, be clear about that and then build that plan. And then the reality is whenever, whatever it is, whenever you get that clarity and you build that plan, you're obviously going to be part of that initially. But I think you have to, you have to think about and plan the business, assuming replacing yourself in certain areas, right? Yep, yep, and yep. make business decisions that way. Because uh, there might be a software tool or something like that, that is really good tool that could benefit your business. But because you don't like the software tool, or you think that like, ah, I don't really need to use that thing. Um, then you don't do it, right? But if yep, yep. what's what's the best for your business, not necessarily your job. Uh, in the business. Um, And then, you know, making a clear plan around that, I think is, is Uh, something that doesn't happen. So you're telling me that we should actually be intentional with our business. What? That's, that's a new concept, right? Um, But no, I mean, it's true, right? As we, as we're walking into 2023 here, like, do you at least have a plan for this year? right? Where do you want your business to be at in December? Because then you can walk it backwards and say, okay, if, if this is where I want to be at, at the end of this year, time-wise, you know, investment on my part as an owner, money-wise is income I can take home. Um, then you can back that up and say, okay, well then by April, I need to have this in place. By June, we need to have two more painters. And then by, you know, August, we need to have our office, person, whatever the plan is, right? Um, and I think just backing that down, yeah, I love... Stephen Covey always says, you know, begin with the end in mind. And I think, you know, you have to, right? And I think for some people, 
you know, trying to think 30 years down the road at the end of their business when they retire is, is too much. But I think you have to try to think about that, right? What is your goal of your business? Um, but I think really having at least a, a few year plan in place to understand, you know, like you said, is it a lifestyle business? Whatever it is. I mean, that's one thing we really go through with our clients is, hey, we want to design your business around you. If you want to work 20 hours a week so you can spend time at home with your four kids and you can provide, you know, a six to $8,000 a month salary, whatever the number is, okay, let's go figure out how to make those things happen, right? It's going to take systems. It's going to take the right people in the right seats. It's going to take some processes and delegation, but you can make that happen if that's what your goal is. But you have to know, this is what I want. Uh, most people are reactive and they just, they, they work 60 hours a week. They maybe don't make as much as they want and they never stop and put a plan together. So, um, I love, I love point number two there. What, what you got for number three? Um, this may be more tactical. It just, as far as a metric goes, know your margin or, you know, we call it margin. Some folks like gross profit, right? Um, you, you, you have to know that number. Um, everything, uh, there's just so many things that come from that number. Um, you know, and basically, and I, I, I like to, you know, I got an accounting degree and I had like a, a professor who was like, oh, that's the language of business or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not really a number. Like I can do numbers, but yeah. I'm, not a number. I'm far more like think in terms of ideas and stuff. It's like, um, that number really, I think just signifies if you get a job, like how good are you with that job? And so you can, you can build a marketing plan. You can have good salespeople. You can have a really good business plan. But if you're unclear of like, okay, like if you go get the jobs, like what do you do with them? Do you make money with them? Do you lose money with them? Um, so much comes from that. And I think also if once you know that number, um, how you can really make tactical decisions uh, from, from, okay, what kind of investments might we want to make from hiring people, scaling? Okay, yep. is how, how effective is our marketing, um, et cetera, et cetera. The other piece, I think it's, it's, and this is maybe not, I think appreciated as much is it's an incredible, uh, professional development tool, right? So especially if you have a business where you have your salespeople are different than your project managers. Um, if you know what your margin or gross profit should be, and then you have jobs where that's off, whose issue was that, right? Right. Those guys underbid it um did, did the crew not are they not being as productive or the the project manager you know didn't check on it let it get squirrely and right so it's also super super powerful for, to create clarity of like what are the strengths and weaknesses in my business right. um so i think knowing that number uh being able to track it see it <clears throat> super super important I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I mean, there's there's two sides when it comes to expenses in business, right? Your fixed cost, your variable cost, right? Your variable cost is what's going to get you to that margin or that gross profit number. Those are the things you have a lot of control over um, when it comes to, you know, labor margin, material margin, anything else like that. Um, 
then you've got your fixed cost, right? Which is your overhead. You also have control over that. Most people think that like, oh, I don't have control over it. No, you do um, because it's what you pay, you know, your your salary staff. It's what you spend on marketing. It's what you spend on advertising, you know, office expenses, meals. Gosh, that's a huge one. I always see people wasting money on. Um, again, I'm all for spending money on meals, but sometimes it's like, you know, 80 bucks here, 80 bucks there. It all adds up, right? So, you know, I think it's just little things like that. You have control over those things. And when you understand your growth, profit or your margin, you can then make decisions on the rest of your business. Right. Um, and you, you know, I always say put plans together, worst case scenario and, you know, manage it better than what you're shooting for. And it gives you that much more cushion to reinvest back in the company or to take as a bonus at the end of the year, plain and simple. Right. Um, so yeah, I think just being in the know about numbers and understanding where they're at and, and understanding that, you know, every decision people make, right. I'm sure people ask you guys like, Hey, can, you know, can we afford this or should we invest in this, right? Marketing thing, whatever. If you don't understand your numbers, you really can't give them an accurate description outside of just a random gut feeling that really doesn't mean anything, right? So having the understanding of breaking that down and saying like, hey, yeah, here's, you have the excess cash, you know, you guys are doing this, or hey, if we can drop our labor margin down 3% in the next four months, that's going to pay for itself, you know, in XYZ thing, right? So um, no, I love that, man. I, I, I love the thought behind those three things. Um, what are a few areas or kind of systems in which you see people that, you know, things can be automated, things can be outsourced, um, you know, that a lot of business owners listening to this should really think about as we walk into this new year? Yeah, I think <clears throat> this is where I think too, again, the accountability piece or like a, the mentor piece. I think you did a, an episode recently on, on uh, mentors yep. um, and listen to some of that. And man, to know, okay, what am I good at? So, um, like when I think of like some first principles of how do you think about outsourcing something, um, in your business, it's like, what am I good at? What am I not good at? That should definitely be, yeah. you know, a, 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 an element to that formula. And if you don't have accountability, if you don't have that kind of transparency in your life, it's going to be hard to answer that, that question, um, you know, accurately. Another piece that, again, more of a first principle thing is I think like pay for clarity. So there's an element of you outsource work. Yeah. Um, but I think that when you think about automation or, or, or outsourcing, it's also like, what is going to bring me clarity? So I think if you outsource your marketing and they do a bunch of stuff, but you have no idea what they're doing or how they're doing it, but the leads are kind of just showing up. That's, that's good but it's also a little vulnerable of a position to be in same thing, like with yeah. your books or something, you know, if yeah. here's your reports, but you really have no idea. Um, I think they'll pay for stuff that can give you clarity. So I like some low hanging ones and these are pretty common. I don't think this yeah. is rocket science, like bookkeeping. Um, I think from the clarity piece, having a bookkeeper who knows how to build a clean, you know, uh, financial statements for your business um, where it's accessible, you can explain it. They can coach you and explain to you, okay, here's your numbers and here's how that, you know, should look. Um, I think that's kind of a, a no brainer. And, and, um, again, you're, you're buying clarity, which I think is super important. Um, marketing, you know, is, is another one. I think, um, you got to kind of look at that. And that, again, from my experience, marketing does tend to be one of those things where, 
because, you know, I started as a painter or I, I'm not like a, maybe a business person, but I'm, I have this painting company thinking about marketing and generating leads and all that social media stuff and SE what, and you know, <laughs> it's like, let, let me just give that to somebody and have them take care of it for me. I just think that can be dangerous. So I, I don't, I think uh, that's a good one because those things like you need to have leads, you need to have revenue. Um, and I think paying for that expertise is, is, is uh, very valuable. But again, this goes back to knowing your numbers and having clarity. You don't need to be an expert on SEO, um, but you do need to understand what's the cost of your leads and what's the return yeah. on investment for that spend. Um, yeah. And so that you can make good you know, owner decisions and evaluations. That doesn't mean you need to be a marketing expert, but you have to bring those metrics to bear on those relationships. Um, but so I, like yeah, I think, I think those are, those are low hanging ones that are, are pretty frequent, but I think doing it as, is this creating clarity for me? Not just is it, yeah. is it solving the work issue and, and taking work away that I don't have to do, but is it also bringing clarity? Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I mean, and I like what you said about staying in tune with whatever you're outsourcing or delegating, um, because I, you know, it is out of sight, out of mind is a good thing to an extent, right? Like I understand, I was joking, say money solves problems. If your problem is you don't have time to do your bookkeeping or you're doing it wrong, money will solve that problem for you. But it shouldn't be a um, out of sight, out of mind. I don't understand what the numbers come back at, right? Um, and I do think that this is one area and I don't say this just because we offer the service and, you know, have it here within us, but like, it's one area that you definitely get what you pay for when it comes to bookkeeping, right? Um, if you, you know, I see some clients who are like, oh yeah, I pay, you know, 150 bucks or whatever the number is a month and their bookkeeper's always two months behind. The reports make no sense to any of us, even myself. And it's, and they don't really get to a chance to understand their numbers. I'm like, that's actually not even worth the, like I would rather you pay three times that and go somewhere else that somebody will be up to date with things when you need something, they're there. And they also will go through and explain this to you. Right. You know, so I, I do think that what you just said there is very valid. I think on the marketing side, you have to track the data to know what are we getting from this? What is the cost per lead per sold job? Um, you know, per thousand dollars of revenue, whatever you want to track it next to, um, to see like, does this make sense? I, I'm not saying the business owner needs to understand how to do the SEO strategies the company's doing, but they need to understand the concept of what's going on and also what can they do to help supplement what the company is doing, whether it's on an SEO perspective or, you know, other things, right? We talk a lot about Google reviews. That's an easy SEO supplement you can do as a business owner to help aid in everything else that you're doing in your marketing strategy. So I, I like that. Um, you know, I, I want to hit on one kind of last question with you before we wrap up here. Um, why do you think most business owners don't think big enough about their business? Yeah. Um, I mean, man, I think this can be so, so many different things, you know, yeah. um, stemming from, again, like more of the psychology of things, right? Like yep. what, what was their relationships like growing up? What type of yep. home did they come out of? What, you know, did they, that maybe they're a parent had a business and that that's their paradigm. Um, so I, I honestly think that, uh, and reading books and why I love, uh, 
man, like there's always questions of like, oh, if you could go live in another area, where yeah, would yeah. you, era, uh, where, where, when would you want to live? And it's like, I don't want to, I want to live right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like this is like the access to information. And, and cause when somebody writes a book or does a podcast, like you have this opportunity to like spend time with them. Yep. And, um, and so you, you can have almost these like friendships where you get this perspective. So I, I think perspective is, is a big one because we hear so much about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg and right. And that, that the percentage of what the actual owners are out there versus how much those guys they're in the airwaves. And I think we just yeah, think yeah. about it's either that or failure. Yeah. Um, and that's just not reality uh, yeah, at yeah. all. So, and I think reading, uh, listening, meeting other people provides that perspective that I like it. it's like big. It doesn't need to be generationally big. Um, thinking big, I think more so it's like what reaching my potential, you know, what's yeah, my yeah. potential. And um I think that's a far better way of looking at it. That's good. And I think it has to do with, um, I I love what you said about the psychology and like the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves, right? If you had a parent that, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but they had a small business, they work 60 hours a week and they barely made ends meet. It's probably going to be hard for you to think bigger about your business until you have a different perspective on business, right? And and, and again, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just, it's like what you said, it's that paradigm you grew up in. Um, and that's why I think it is key. I mean, I had this conversation with a client the other day. He's like, man, I just, I don't feel like I'm getting ahead. Like, you know, it's it. And he knows he's stuck in his head, right? He knows he's in his own way. And, and I said, Hey, I said, I know you listen to podcasts when you're driving and on job sites. I said, what are you listening to? And, and I don't, I'm not, I don't want to offend anybody here, but he says Joe Rogan. And I said, okay, all right. Well, what else? And he named off a couple other ones. And I was like, are any of those like business podcasts that are going to help you get further in your, you know, development and just silence. Right. And I was like, I'm not trying to be rude, but like what you listen to and what you associate yourself with. Um, if you listen to podcasts like pain ed, right. At least listen to the other six shows besides ours, if nothing else. Um, you know, like you're going to start getting a bigger vision of what's possible in a painting business world. And guess what? You're going to pick up little tips and secrets along the way of how you can actually make that happen, right? Like you will start to see a bigger picture of what's possible for your business. And so, um, you know, I, I love podcasts. I love things. I love, you know, other ones out there that are for entertainment or just, you know, fun things we need, you know, we can't be a hundred percent serious all the time. And if you're in information overload, you won't implement anything. Um, but you know, make sure you're listening and plugging into things that are going to develop you and help you get further down the road. Talk to other business owners that are further ahead than where you are in your business. Um, and they'll help you get there. So, um, Hogan, I feel like we could do like eight more episodes. You know, we should have just turned this into a whole series probably, but um, we'll have to maybe do another one this year on some of this because I think this has been some really good perspective that isn't just some of the things we talk about frequently here. So I, I appreciate your perspective. I appreciate you taking time to record this. Um, if somebody's interested in more information about what you guys do, um, what's the best way to kind of start that process and, and contact you guys? Yeah. Um, so reaching out to me would be uh, a great first step. Um, right. You know, if they if they want to just learn more about partnership. Um, okay, okay. So I'm on LinkedIn. Um, feel free to, to reach out that way. Uh, and then our website as well, allofholdings.com. Uh, there's Perfect. a contact form on there. 
as well. And then, yeah, find us on Instagram, all of holdings yep, yep. on Instagram or LinkedIn, uh, hit us awesome. a comment and, and we'll be happy to get in touch. Perfect. I'll put your email, um, and the website in the, the podcast notes here too. So if anybody wants to remember that and click on it, they can do that. So, um, well, Hey man, I really appreciate your perspective. Thanks again for doing this. Uh, I definitely will look forward to doing some more episodes with you and we'll dive deeper into some stuff. So thanks for what you do for the industry. And I hope you and your family have a, have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, likewise, man. Appreciate what you do, Chris. Happy to be on and uh, Merry Christmas to you too, brother. Thanks, Oaken. See ya. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.